Well, that's it, folks. We did it. June 24th, 2022, we aborted Roe versus Wade. Now, of course, this does not mean that every unborn child is protected in our laws. It means it sends it back to the states. But what a wonderful day for life and freedom and for unborn babies in this country. Roe versus Wade is overturned by the Supreme Court of the United States of America in a 6-3 decision, which means even John freaking Roberts, who constantly stabs the conservative movement and unborn babies in the back by always siding with the libs while he masquerades himself as a common-sense pragmatic conservative— actually sided with the court's conservatives to overturn this wicked decision, a decision that one could say was as wicked as Dred Scott versus Sanford, which both decisions claiming an entire class of human beings to not be persons. You know, months before his death, Martin Luther King Jr. said, until our problem is solved, America may have many, many days, but they will be full of trouble. There will be no rest. There will be no tranquility in this country until the nation comes to terms with our problem. We have the same problem today. It's just a new victim class, and it's a more convenient victim class because they're more silent, because they're literal babies who cannot defend themselves or speak up for themselves. And in a stroke of irony or malice or comedy, the liberal establishment run by the Democrat Party now kills more black people today through abortion than they could have ever hoped to do so in their dizziest daydreams during slavery. Well, that decision that was wrong for the same reason that slavery was wrong got overturned today on Friday, June 24th, 2022, the month of Pride Month, which is just a wonderful way for God to slap his enemies in the face by reclaiming this month for his glory and his purposes. Get ready, buckle up. The rage of Moloch, Tislatapoca, and every ancient pagan deity that is the operative God, small g, behind the religion of secular progressivism is roaring and screaming and rending their garments to scream for blood because their daily delicious morsels of babies are going to begin being denied to them as states are already today as you're listening to this Friday, June 24th, beginning to ban abortions in their state. This is not the end for the pro-life movement. Actually, this is just the beginning of the pro-life movement who will not rest and who will not achieve peace and tranquility until every unborn child is protected in our laws and abortion is banned at the federal level. I'm Seth Gruber, and this is Unaborted. <laughs> Well, welcome to the show today, guys. Uh, you know we usually do two episodes a week on this show, um, but this is going to be a third. We did Monday. We did yesterday discussing the horrific story out of the Washington, D.C. Surgery Clinic where the staff there insist that sedated consent is, in fact, informed consent because they won't let you meet with the abortionist and discuss the operation that he will be performing on your baby unless you're already sedated by the drug Xanax. Um, and now we're going to discuss the overturning of Roe versus Wade, which just dropped today. We didn't expect that. And here's my hot take on why they did it. Uh, they wanted to get the hell out of town. It's a Friday and nobody expected the decision to drop on a Friday. They thought it was going to be a Tuesday or a 
Thursday, and if not then, then the following week, meaning June 27th or 28th or something like that. Yeah, I, it's probably because the, the conservative justices wanted to get the hell out of Dodge. And they did it at a time when it was not expected to protect their own selves and their families, which is totally understandable and acceptable, by the way. You had freaking ridiculous abortophile uh, protesters protesting outside the homes of Supreme Court justices where their children sleep, which breaks federal law, by the way. I told you this at the time. I, and I, you know, I, I'm not enough of a legal mind to give you the exact federal code, but it's against federal law for you to protest outside of a structure or a building where a judge resides if the intention of doing so is to shift his opinion, is to change the votes, is to put pressure on, on him. And of all places, their homes where their children sleep. Um, so they've been concerned for their lives. And um, I believe that uh, – I just blanked on his name. I'm, I'm uh, overtired, guys. Uh, Samuel Alito, who wrote the majority opinion that was leaked a few weeks ago, he had to be taken to a safe house directly after that. While many of the other justices were in their actual homes, Samuel Alito had to get the hell out of town because of the threats against his own life. And of course, do you remember? Do you remember? I didn't talk about it enough. I mentioned it on the show. But a dude from California literally went there, found Samuel Alito's address. No, no, no. I'm sorry. Brett Kavanaugh's address that was leaked by pro-abortion groups. Okay, This is called doxing, by the way. And, and went into his neighborhood with the intention of murdering Kavanaugh. Because he knew that he would vote to overturn Roe versus Wade. Okay, I was told that when Trump said, go make your voice heard and, and go march and be peaceful, that that incited an insurrection. Well, th then what the hell do you call releasing Supreme Court justices' addresses? <laughs> and, 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 and when the press secretary was asked what the White House's opinion was on protesters outside of the homes of Supreme Court justices breaking federal law. Do you remember what Saki said before she stepped down? The White House doesn't have an opinion on where people protest, <laughs> okay? This is what they wanted. Um, and so that's why I believe they dropped the decision today um, and good on them for protecting themselves, their children, and their families. So they voted 6-3 to overturn Roe versus Wade. This happens almost 50 years before the anniversary of Roe versus Wade. And in the, in the month of Pride Month, which is this celebration of all of the religious creeds of leftism and progressivism, if you will. Um, and of course, the transgender movement and abortion are, are really one and the same. It's really the same ideology that drives both. Now, you might know people who are against transgenderism because it's so kooky and weird, but they're pro-choice. So I'm not saying everyone supports both. That's really beside the point, though. The underlying ideology is the same. It's this hatred of biology. It's this hatred of the natural world. World. And there was actually a, a, a name for this heresy. It's been de deemed a heresy by the church. It's called Gnostic dualism or body self-dualism. So there's a duality between the body and the self. The real self is not the body. The real self, the real person, right, is thoughts, consciousness, aims, and desires. So you might be born in a male body. You might have a penis, but but if you feel like you're a girl inwardly, the real person is those thoughts and consciousness and desires, right? Which also enables them to look at the preborn baby and say, the preborn baby may have a human body. They may be a human being and have human flesh, but they're not a person because personhood has to do with thoughts, aims, and desires. And so th there were old, like ancient heretics who believed that the body was bad because it was prone to sin and we had these sinful desires and lusts. So we needed to sort of liberate our 
ourselves from the body and like and 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 hate the body to pursue these this gnostic spiritual knowledge that you could only access through the inward soul and so it's this old ancient heresy and it, it's really what undergirds secular progressivism today and so it's just beautiful that we're overturning roe versus wade in the month of pride month the most deadliest of sins of course the sin that leads to every other sin so there's a lot I want to talk about, but firstly, I want to dive into some of the responses, of course, from people like Nancy Pelosi and Joe Biden and AOC, who, who um, uh, the DNC once called the future of the Democrat Party, uh, which tells you everything you need to know about where they see their Democrat Party going and where they want it to go. So firstly, I want to play you a clip here from Nancy Pelosi, who I've called the grandmother of abortion. Um, you know, and her earring falls off during the, this thing. I, I thought her teeth were going to fall out. Uh, I mean, it, now pe people think, Seth, you're being mean. You're, 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 you know, you're, you're stabbing at at people who are image bearers of God. No, there's actually a precedent in scripture for for like laughing at the enemy. Uh, have you ever heard of imprecatory psalms? Like when you're praying for God to crush your enemies to make to make a public spectacle of them. <laughs> like if you really want to embrace sort of the Orthodox Christian tradition, there actually is a tradition for like praying for the crushing and defeat of your enemies, for them to be embarrassed, for them to be made a public spectacle of, you know, for everyone to notice that the the uh, the emperor has no clothes. Like there there is a role for this. Now, if that becomes your tone and tenor and you're just all about hatred and, and, and uh, tearing down others, obviously that's not healthy, but I'm saying there's actually a healthy place for us if, if we're centered in the spirit and, and our desires are to honor Christ to actually laugh at the wicked and to pray for their downfall. And ultimately, we want them to come to salvation, of course. I mean, so, so Paul murdered Christians, and he's one of the greatest uh, evangelists who have ever existed. But there is a place for this. And, and Nancy Pelosi represents almost the tippity top of the abortion industrial complex. This woman has enriched herself unlike almost any other member of the Democrat Party. And that's in due large part to her her protection of the precious, of the of abortion, of the sacred cow of liberalism. You, you want to know the kind of donations that she's received over the years from, from Planned Parenthood, from just, from just pro-abortion groups? And who knows what kind of individual donations she's gotten from very rich members of the abortion industry who personally give to help get her elected. I mean, we have no idea how rich this woman has gotten over the bodies and blood of aborted children. Um, and yet she's always talked about how she's a grandmother, and so she can have some standing to discuss this issue. Um, because what? Because you love children? Um, and so I think it's very important for you to see how decrepit Pelosi appears as she attempts to weave an argument as to why more babies need to be murdered and why women are not really women and they're not really equal unless they can pay someone to kill their child. So here's Nancy Pelosi responding today. What this means to women is such an insult. It's a slap in the face to women about using their own judgment to make their own decisions about their reproductive freedom. And again, it goes well. I always have said the termination of a pregnancy is just their opening act. It's just their front game. But because, but beyond it, behind it, and for years I have seen in this Congress opposition to any family planning, domestic or global, when we have had those discussions and those debates and those votes on the floor of the House. This is deadly serious, but we are not going to let this pass. A woman's right to choose, reproductive freedom is on the ballot in November. 
We cannot allow them to take charge so that they can institute their goal, which is to criminalize reproductive freedom, to criminalize it. There you go, Nancy Pelosi, saying that this is a slap in the face to women to tell them that they don't get to kill their children. Um, it tells you everything you need to know, by the way, about the deeply sexist and ironically anti-feminist perspectives that are so rampant in the Democrat Party and the secular progressive movement. They view femininity and womanhood as only valuable if you can pay someone to kill your children. And yet these are the people who always tell us that we need to sacrifice for the future, for the posterity, right? Like you should stop having children and you should buy a Tesla like me, like me and Nancy Pelosi. Uh, and you should stop, you should stop, uh, you know, using natural gas in your car because you're killing the environment. We need to, we need to upend our lives and be more uncomfortable because we need to create a sustainable planet for the future with, with air that our, our, our grandchildren and our posterity can actually breathe. And so the way that we need to do that is we need to kill lots of our posterity. We have, to, we have to kill a bunch of babies because we're having too many, peop too many people. We're harming the environment, taking up too many resources. Climate, that leads to climate change. So we need to kill some babies. We need to kill some members of the posterity to ensure a future that is healthy for our posterity. Right? These are the people who always say we need to sacrifice for future generations. But they're pro-abortion. You can't have it both ways, man. If, if, if someone is so intrinsically valuable enough that they deserve us to sacrifice now, for future human beings that don't exist, then that obviously means that actual human beings who currently do exist deserve, deserve far more protection and, and are sacrificed to maintain their livelihood and their life. But they, they have no concern for human beings that actually exist in the womb whose mothers they only view as equal if they have the right to kill those babies and those children. So it, it just kind of shows you the actually deeply uh, anti-feminist perspective of the quote-unquote feminist movement today, <laughs> that, that, that women aren't fully human or fully women unless they can kill their own children. Uh, and this is why you'll hear the left often refer to pro-life women as traitors to their own gender. Have you heard that? Or, or they'll call black people traitors to their own race because they, they view black people as only being legitimately black if they're progressive and women only being legitimately women if they're progressive, if they're pro-choice. So it wasn't about gender or race. It was about ideological uniformity. You have to look and function just like us or you're not really even a human being. You're not really a person, right? Of course, of course, these are people who oppress the unborn in the womb and murder them. Why would they be wrong with oppression and tyranny outside the womb? Those who murder the unborn cannot be trusted to govern the born. Um, I had another clip here on Pelosi, but I actually forgot to load it. So I'm going to tell you what she said. At the end of her remarks today, right, Friday, June 24th, all pissed off about Roe versus Wade getting overturned, she quotes a rabbi. Uh, no, she quotes a Jewish um, poet that she says she's come to love. And of course, it's not, it's not very poetic or beautiful at all. Um, and and in, this, uh, in this poem, she quotes this Jewish poet from Israel who, who says that his nation needs to open their eyes to evil and actually begin defending the rights of the oppressed and the vulnerable. And then she says, and our Supreme Court needs to open their eyes today. Okay, so it, it's, it's sort of strange that she's citing a Jewish poet because she's defending the greatest genocide in human history. Abortion is, is a...
is a far greater genocide of innocents than the Holocaust ever was, right? And, and there were other genocides that killed way more people than the Holocaust, by the way, right? Like Mao, <laughs> okay, and Stalin and others. But uh, yeah, you'd have about 13 million minimum people killed in the Holocaust, six or seven million of which were Jews. And then you had, you had other races too. You had the mentally and physically unfit uh, homosexuals and others that they wanted to kill. About 13 million people. Well, we've killed 63, 65 million babies in America since 1973, about a million a year, and about 50 million babies are killed worldwide every year, every 12 months. 50 million babies, right? St Stalin once said that one death is a tragedy, but a million deaths is a, stat is a statistic, because <laughs> you can't actually wrap your mind around that number, that level of killing, right? So I, I wanted to cite a Jewish rabbi named Jacob Neusner, um, who wrote a piece in Christianity Today in October 1998. So I was only seven years old. And it's, it's a powerful take regarding the Holocaust of Jews and the Holocaust of babies today. And I wanted to cite it in response to Nancy Pelosi's just absolute bigotry and historical nonsense, citing a Jewish poet to make her pro-abortion point. And here's what Jewish Rabbi Jacob Neusner says. He says, how is mass abortion in the state of Israel, such as is practiced by the secular portion of the Israeli population, not comparable to the mass murder of Jewish children in German Europe? As the numbers mount up, when do considerations of volume enter in and validate calling the annihilation of millions of lives a holocaust? I think they do. Here is a holocaust today. Every Jewish child born in the state of Israel is a survivor of the holocaust sustained by Israeli law. The difference is Germany has acknowledged its shame, but for the annual annihilation of tens of thousands of Jewish children, the state of Israel acknowledges nothing. There is a Jewish rabbi with moral and spiritual clarity, Nancy freaking Pelosi, the grandmother of abortion. Um, here's Joe Biden, the alleged president of the United States. I want to play you a couple hot takes of his, um, but let's play this first one. This decision is a culmination of a deliberate effort over decades to upset the balance of our law. It's a realization of an extreme ideology and a tragic error by the Supreme Court, in my view. The court has done what it has never done before, expressly take away a constitutional right that is so fundamental to so many Americans that had already been recognized. The court's decision to do so will have real and immediate consequences. State laws banning abortion are automatically taking effect today, jeopardizing the health of millions of women, some without exceptions. So extreme that women could be punished for protecting their health. So extreme that women and girls were forced to bear their rapist child. The child, a consequence. It just, it just stuns me. So extreme that doctors will be criminalized for fulfilling their duty to care. Imagine having a young woman have to ch carry the child of incest as a consequence of incest. No option. Too often the case. The poor women are going to be hit the hardest. It's cruel. In fact, the court laid out state laws criminalizing abortion that go back to the 1800s as rationale. The court literally 
taking America back 150 years. This is a sad day for the country, in my view. But it doesn't mean the fight's over. So there is uh, the president of the United States. Um, very upset, very upset um, that perhaps in some states, um, babies won't be murdered for the crimes of their father. <laughs> right? He's like, he's like, did you see him break down, by the way? Probably lost what he was reading on the teleprompter, didn't know what to say. Imagine that. Imagine women being forced to bear their rapist child. No, 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 no. The rapist for forced her to bear that child. Pro-lifers are saying you can't kill a baby because of the circumstances of their conception. Here are two photos. A baby conceived in rape, a baby not conceived in rape. Hey, which one was conceived in rape? Of course, we never know. Which should tune us into the self-evident reality that our value does not come from the circumstances of our conception, okay? It's not as if a baby conceived in rape is any less valuable or more deserving of death because of how they came into the world. The, the situation sucks. The situation's hard. So I want full justice for the sexual victim by prosecuting the rapist, right? H how can we bring justice for the, for the, the victims of rape? Uh, how about castration or life in prison for the rapists? How about that? Oh, wait, Democrats don't support life prison sentences. Oh, wait, Democrats always spring criminals from the clink or, given, or give them shorter prison sentences or springing them before they've reached the time that they were given to spend in jail, right? They, they never want the capital punishment for rapists. They never want life in prison for rapists, but they pretend to be the ones who have compassion for the victims of rape. Really? Do you know how you have compassion for the victims of rape? Uh, the word is justice, by the way. Justice for her and her family. And then making sure that those men are not going to rape more women, that they remain behind bars for life. But you don't want that. You want them back on the streets, right? It's the Republicans, as imperfect as the GOP is today, who actually support better prison sentences and more justice. Un unbelievable. And, and, but they're the compassionate ones, right? It's just It's sick. And then, he, and then Biden says, poor women are hit the hardest. This is, this is a line you hear from the left and the Democrats all the time when they talk about pro-life laws. So they say that poor black women are hit the hardest by pro-life laws. What do they mean by that? They mean uh, that it's the hardest for them to support children because they don't have as much money or ability to, to move to a better place or buy a larger home for their children. So they're the hardest economically hit by pro-life laws. So the solution, according to Joe Biden, is that we need to kill more poor people. Ew, gosh, we don't want the poor people reproducing too much. <laughs> if they have too many children, that might kind of harm uh, the, the, the culture uh, in the future that we're trying to build. And this sounds a lot like Margaret Sanger, by the way. Margaret Sanger said in her ne Negro Project proposal, she said, The mass of Negroes, particularly in the South, still breed carelessly and disastrously, with the result that the increase among Negroes, even more than among whites, is from that portion of the population least intelligent and fit. <laughs> <laughs> and it sounds a lot like Joe Biden today. And this is, and you'll hear it. So whenever they say this, all that they're saying is that we need to make sure that poor people can kill their children the most. And then they'll say, well, in, in, with pro-life laws, rich people will still be able to leave the country and they'll, or the state, and they'll be able to get abortions because they have the money to be able to afford travel, right? And everything involved with traveling to a different state. The poor people won't be able to do that because they don't have the funds and the latitude to do that. So they'll be hit the hardest. 
But as Robert P. George or Francis Beckwith, the the pro-life philosopher, brilliantly says, the vices of the rich don't become virtues simply because the poor denied them. (laughs) The vices of the rich, meaning the ability to be able to pay to kill your child in a different state, do not become virtues simply because the poor are denied them. The solution is not to empower poor people to kill their children. The solution is to not kill children, okay? And And to empower individuals and humanize them enough to support, to encourage them to practice sexual responsibility. Don't be sleeping around if you don't think you can afford to bring more children into the world. The solution is not to kill the children that you might create. It's absolutely disgusting. And then Biden says, this is taking us back 150 years. Oh, you mean back when we had slavery? You mean back when another class of human beings were declared non-persons by the same political party, the Democrats? It's just pathetic and ridiculous. You can just, are you sensing, by the way, how hollow how hollow the liberal establishment is sounding, how hollow the arguments of today's Democrat leaders sound. It Doesn't it just sound so tired and rehearsed by this point, or is it just me? Doesn't it sound less persuasive than it's ever sounded before? They, they're just like broken records. They have nowhere else to turn to, so they just repeat the same old tired talking points. Meanwhile, more Americans are pro-life than ever before. More Americans support overturning Roe versus Wade. And we're seeing the humanity of unborn children in a way like we've never seen before. And, and they have no argument because they all know they're killing babies. They just don't care. They just don't care. Here's another hot take from Biden. Um, he's referring to the American College of Obstetricians and Gynecologists, ACOG, um, talking about how important it is to make sure we protect the abortion pill, RU486. Women need this to be able to kill their children. So here's Biden again. The American College of Obstetricians and Gynecologists wrote to me and Vice President Harris stressing that these laws are not based on, are not based on evidence and asking us to act to protect access to care. They say... By limiting access to these medicines, maternal mortality will climb in America. That's what they say. Today, I'm directing the Department of Health and Human Services to take steps to ensure these critical medications are available to the fullest extent possible. And the politicians cannot interfere in the decisions that should be made between a woman and her doctor. And my administration will remain vigilant as the implications of this decision play out. Joe Biden here uh, is is saying that ACOG, the American College of Obstetricians and Gynecologists, which is a fraudulent group because they're pro-abortion. They say they're obstetrics. They say they practice obstetrics, but they're pro-abortion. And they have opposed every piece of informed consent pro-life legislation, which empowers pregnant women who who while choosing abortion, you would think the left would want to protect those women's health, but they don't. So they don't want women to be empowered with all the information before they choose abortion. And and ACOG has has even opposed a Louisiana law that um, I think they wrote a uh, a piece to the courts in support of striking down this Louisiana law, which said that abortionists have to meet the same medical requirements and standards as any other surgeon in the state. And they've opposed that. So ACOG is just a fraudulent abortion group that masquerades as obstetricians. And they've been in bed with Planned Parenthood for years, okay? Um, so so when he's referring to ACOG, just, you just need to know that. We did a whole episode with Dr. Brent Bowles, who we're going to have on the show in just a second here, ab- about um, 
what a discredited group ACOG actually is. But Biden is saying that ACOG told me that limiting access to abortion pills actually increases maternal mortality, that more women will die due to pregnancy because they can't kill their children through RU486, the abortion pill. And then he says that politicians cannot interfere in the decisions between a woman and her doctor. Wait, wait, but you interfere in decisions between a woman and her doctor by opposing informed consent legislation that would empower the woman to have a better conversation and decision with her doctor. So pretty, pretty hilarious. Uh, Once again, it shows you just how hollowed out these arguments are. But hey, we we are going to bring Dr. Brent Bowles back on the show right now for just a a few minutes to discuss some of these lies that Biden is peddling. So Dr. Brent, our in-house OBGYN here at Unaborted. Uh, Welcome back to the show, brother. Good afternoon. Uh, so uh, we are just covering Biden's hot take today, Dr. Brent, um, responding to Roe versus Wade getting overturned today, Friday, June 24th. And and he says, and here's what I want you to respond to as a doctor, uh, Brent. He says that limiting access to abortion pills actually increases maternal mortality. It's actually going to climb in America. So so those pro-lifers, they're killing women. They're killing pregnant women uh, by in the states that will be passing legislation to ban the abortion pill in their state. Uh, help us think through this, Dr. Brent. Well, first, I just want to say happy Dobbs Day. That's right. <laughs> um, I, I just heard that uh, Texas has made it a state holiday. Wow. Um, yeah. Amazing. So, um, what you I watched Biden's speech, uh, just like you did. I was struck by the... Uh, disinformation he was peddling that came from ACOG, just like you were. Um, And I've seen so much disinformation on the news, on Twitter, on Facebook, from every speaking abortophile that's stepped up to a (laughs) microphone so far. Um, I've heard the same sad lies that women will die from miscarriages and ectopics because they can't get abortions anymore totally ignoring the medical truth that taking care of a miscarriage is not an abortion and taking care of an ectopic is not an abortion. Uh, But those are scare tactics. They're fear mongering. Uh, They're speaking to people who uh, aren't very much more intellectual than a package of crayons. Yeah. Well, and they've been so effective with these lies, Dr. Brent, that I I still meet pro-lifers alleged pro-lifers or friends of mine who I, I'm probably not very informed in the abortion wars, but they say they're pro-life. And, and I'll get people saying things like this. Hey, Seth, I just wanted to get your response. What's going to happen to women who have a tubal pregnancy if Roe v. Wade's overturned or they live in a state that bans abortion? Are, they're just, are they just going to die? <laughs> it's like, no, no, because a salpingectomy or a salpingostomy where you remove the baby or you remove the entire fallopian tube is not the same as an abortion. That's why it has a different surgical name. So don't worry. We're not going to leave women to die who have tubal pregnancies because abortion's banned. But specifically, this more narrow argument that that the president is making and and pointing to ACOG to bolster his argument, Dr. Brent, is that women are going to pregnant women are going to start dying because they won't have access to the abortion pill, perhaps in states like Tennessee or Florida. What's your response to that? Well, it's a a multifaceted response. First, to believe that, you have to believe the myth that abortion is safer than childbirth, Um, because it's not. Uh, And you and I have discussed this before. The one paper upon which that conclusion is based has been thoroughly debunked by objective reviewers, 
they did not include data uh, that existed here in the United States, and they didn't admit that the type of comprehensive data you need to make such a collusion doesn't exist in the United States. There right. is no comprehensive data set in the United States of America that compares the actual death rate from abortions to the death rate from childbirth. They made it up. Um, right. That data does exist. We've talked about this. That data does exist from the country of Sweden where they do compare. They look or at Finland. death certificates for reproductive age, or Finland, I'm sorry. Um, they look at the death certificates from reproductive age women, and then they link any any medical treatment for pregnancy, right. whether it's abortion, miscarriage, ectopic, or delivery, and, and evaluate the risks of death in each of those categories. Abortion wow. uh, is four times um, more likely um, to cause death than childbirth. There wow. is, that's the truth. Those are the true statistics. Uh, so no, women are not going to die because they can't get the abortion pill. Secondly, the abortion pill is not safer than Tylenol. Data from the same country shows that the abortion pill is four times more likely to result in an immediate complication than a surgical abortion. So that's right. of the of abortions that are done, uh, for the woman, surgical abortion is more safe, is less dangerous than medication abortion, wow. even though they like to say abortion by medicine is safer than Tylenol. Um, <laughs> That's right. And I just I saw that this week. I took care of a woman um, who had a medication abortion earlier this month, went to the abortionist for a follow-up. They saw there was still tissue on ultrasound. They didn't do anything. She went back a few days later. They saw again that it was still there. They didn't do anything. And then two days later, she's in my ER, septic, and 24 to 48 hours away from dying. Oh, my gosh. So we took care of her. She is better. She has been wow. discharged home, and she will live. Uh, but not because the abortion industry provided health care, not because they told her the truth that medication abortion is safer than Tylenol and has That's no right. risks. Um, so, no, when when they promote the fiction that women are going to die because they can't get abortions, they are not doing a service to anyone except the abortionist. Um, <laughs> just another example of something that's in the news right now. Uh, the country in the, in, the, in the entire world that has the lowest maternal mortality rate uh, is Malta. Hmm. Uh, Malta has not, it's not a huge country, admittedly, but Malta hasn't had a single maternal death in more than 10 years. Wow. And tell abortion, me about their abortion laws. <laughs> abortion is illegal in Malta. <laughs> you there cannot you obtain an elective abortion. Legally Whoa. in Malta and in Malta, yep. wow, no pregnant woman has died because of the pregnancy in more than ten years. The country that has the second Crazy. lowest maternal mortality rate in the world, Poland, hmm. is abortion legal in Poland? No. Wow. Furthermore, if you, we, I've referred you to this source before, Crazy. there's a book called "Abortion and Its Complications and Impact on Women." Uh, very well academically researched book, very well put together, uh, almost 500 pages of material and literally thousands of references. 
Wow. That book clearly lays out the case that when countries outlaw abortions, all measures of maternal and child health improve. Wow. And they list, there's a long list of countries where that has happened. Similarly, when countries liberalize their abortion laws, measures of maternal and child health go down. <laughs> Shocker. <laughs> it's amazing what you can find if you look at the data. Yep. Yep. Thank you, Dr. Brent. But that's and, and because and, and that's important, guys, because you you're gonna you you've heard this for years and get ready. You're about to hear it a lot more in the next few months. The left has said for years and the Democrat Party and the abortion industrial complex that when abortion is made illegal, women die. When abortion is made illegal, the maternal mortality rate skyrockets. And then they'll make the 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 same argument on the other side, right? They'll say, Brent, they'll say that for countries where abortion is legal, you'll have the lowest maternal mortality rate. So Malta and Poland being an excellent exa example of that. And Finland with the socialized medicine system having better control and management of their data suggests that medication abortion, the abortion pill, RU486, is four times more dangerous than surgical abortion. So anyway, that, so it, I, I wanted to bring our in-house OBGYN on the show for you to hear the response to Biden's lie that limiting access to abortion pills skyrockets maternal mortality. Actually, you're going to have more maternal mortality by allowing the abortion pill just in the narrow case and example of telemedicine abortions, which does not allow for an in-person evaluation before receiving the abortion pills. So you can't determine gestational age, meaning some women might take the abortion pill past when they're supposed to, and some women might have a tubal or ectopic pregnancy that doesn't get diagnosed, and the pressure of their tubal fallopian tube growing is similar to the side effects they say that they'll experience because of the abortion pill. So they stay at home thinking that this is the side effect of the abortion pill, but it's their tubal fallopian tube that's about to burst and they bleed out internally on their bathroom floor because the Dems didn't want an in-person evaluation to happen prior to getting the abortion pill. So just in the narrow case of telemedicine abortions, you'll have more maternal mortality rate by allowing the abortion pill than the other way around. So well, uh, we needed to fully of, debunk that and go ahead. Speaking about the telemedicine abortions, I was also struck by what uh, Planned Parenthood representative said when he was being interviewed on um, one of the news shows. Um, he said that, you know, women were going to be in greater danger and women were going to die because they would be self-managing their abortions. Right. But isn't self-management of abortion the whole reason they wanted it to be available by mail order? Right. I and mean, that's what they called it, self-managed abortion. Right. They, they actually used that term and, and pontificated endlessly about its supposed safety. <laughs> but now... You can't do self-managed abortions because it's much more dangerous. You, know? wow. you can't have it both ways. And, That's right. and one final point about Planned Parenthood's just duplicity on this issue, their double-mindedness. You know, we're hearing that Planned Parenthood facilities all over the country are going to be closing now. Um, why don't they want to stay open to provide the other 97% of all the essential services they provide? <laughs> if abortion is really only 3% of what they do, why yeah. a loss Mic of drop. such a tiny percentage yep. of what they do <laughs> cause them to need to close? Oh, Go too figure. good. 
Too good, Dr. Brent. Exactly. And we've done a full debunking on the the abortions. Only 3% of Planned Parenthood services lie before. Uh, we won't, for the sake of time, we won't do that right now. But that kind of gives it away, doesn't it? If it's such a narrow segment of your services, then, hey, d- triple down on the 97% of your other services and, and blow out your income on that, right? Right, right, right? Oh, right. No, exactly. Because the disproportionate amount of your income comes from killing babies. Uh, yeah. Dr. Brent, we got to let you go. Thanks for, thanks for uh, bringing your expert opinion to the show once again. Happy Dobbs Day, Seth. Happy Dobbs Day. <laughs> so uh, wonderful to have Dr. Brent back on the show. Uh, we are going to jump to another clip here of AOC, um, who today joined her left-wing radical friends at the Supreme Court to rent her garments and scream about the injustice of allowing more babies to live and of the illegitimacy of the court uh, and and recognizing that whether you're pro-life or pro-choice, uh, Roe versus Wade was judicial tyranny. There's no, where in the Constitution is the right to abortion? Can you show me in the penumbras, right? In, in the emanations? <laughs> it's not in there, right? And, and so even if you're pro-choice, you should actually recognize that this was judicial tyranny and you should support sending it back to the states. If you're pro-life, of course, we're not satisfied till we get a federal ban on abortion. But you don't even have to be pro-life to recognize the illegitimacy of Roe versus Wade. But AOC thinks that it's overturning Roe versus Wade that's illegitimate. And so um, here's a brief AOC clip. It's just so representative of the entire liberal regime and their talking points. But, but let's play this and talk about it. What the Supreme Court just did was that they chose to endanger the lives of all women and all birthing people in this country. But not only that, they've chosen to strip rights from men, too, because, frankly, the right to our own bodies and the right to form our families, this is this is something that belongs to all of us, and it does not belong to lawmakers. So AOC, SCOTUS endangered the lives of all women by overturning Roe versus Wade. Including preborn women? <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. No, overturning Roe versus Wade further protected preborn women. But you hate preborn women because you're a bigot. Okay. And, and then she says, and all birthing people, shut up. Why, 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 why does anyone in the country still listen to these people? There's no such thing as birthing people. They're called women. Okay. And, and of course, Matt Walsh is absolutely owning this dialogue right now with his new documentary, What is a Woman? AOC, what is a woman? If abortion is a woman's right issue, then I, I need to know a little bit about what women are before I, I can know what kind of rights they have. So what is a woman? You don't know, and you refuse to answer it because you also call men women, and you call women birthing people because you believe that some men can give birth. Because what? Because the body is not the real you. It's who you feel you are on the inside. Back to that ancient heresy of Gnostic dualism or body self-dualism, right? Um, and then she says, but this also strips rights from men, too, Exactly. This is what the left believes. They believe that abortion rights are pro-choice men's rights, that men need to be able to have sex without responsibility. They need to be able to knock up women and peace out or, 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 or force her to get the abortion or pay for it. Just kill the baby. And, and then it encourages men to treat women increasingly like objects for their sexual gratification because they know that they likely won't actually have to deal with any responsibilities from their sexual decisions. Back, back to that dehumanization, back to that like very anti-woman perspective that the quote-unquote feminists say that they're actually for. It's fascinating. Um, so before we – I provide some final thoughts kind of on the overturning of Roe versus Wade today. I, I think it's important for us to actually look at who we're talking about, okay, um, because it's easy to say you're pro-choice 
um, but never have to look at what that choice looks like. It's also easy to say you're pro-life and do nothing about your pro-life convictions if you never have to look at what abortion does to unborn children. And, and now we live in a society in age today where through the advance, advance of technology, we have humanized the unborn child in a way we've never been able to do before. We're not actually humanizing them. We're just portraying the humanity they always had. We're, we're opening a window to the womb, if you will, to show the beauty of this life in the womb. And so we've done this on the show before, but since today is the day we aborted Roe versus Wade and reclaimed Pride Month <laughs> for the glory of God and the protection of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. I, I want us to I want us to look at who we're exactly talking about, okay? I, I want to show you some pictures of what you looked like in the womb at the earliest stages of your development. Th- this is a six-week baby, by the way. Oh, other way. This is a six-week-old baby in the womb. Actually, actually, I think it's five weeks. I'm sorry. That's a five-week-old baby. This is when they tell you it's an insensate blob of tissue, that it's pregnancy tissue and it's not really a person. Well, there's a little baby. Let's show some more of these. Um, these, uh, by the way, this is called embryoscopy and these photos are taken and obtained in a very similar way that NASA takes pictures of space with the Hubble telescope. You've seen those gorgeous photos of space. Are those taken with one photo? No, they're thousands, if not tens of thousands of photos that are taken with the Hubble telescope and they're stitched together to enhance the image. So it is representatively true. It's just more beautiful because of the the stitching together of the images. So that's how we get these photos. Absolutely incredible. Look at that nine week baby in the womb. That's first trimester, folks. That's when they say it's a blob of tissue. It's not really a baby yet. It, it certainly doesn't look like anything resembling you. Um, and and th- this is the beauty and humanity of what we look like in the womb. Now, secondly, I want to show you exactly what abortion does to these babies. And you remember our good friend A.J. Hurley, the director of Survivors of the Abortion Holocaust, who's in D.C. right now, who just guest hosted my podcast last week or earlier this week, um, and um, who helped unbox the babies from the Washington, D.C. surgery clinic that Cesare Santangelo murdered, over 100 babies, five of whom were in the third trimester because abortion is legal through all nine months of pregnancy. And yesterday we did an episode about the same freaking abortion center, the Washington, D.C. surgery clinic, that was telling women that they couldn't meet with the abortionist or talk to him about the procedure and give true informed consent unless they had already taken Xanax. A sedative that can cause you to be drowsy and impair your mental abilities. So sedated consent is informed consent, according to the abortion industry. The, the same center. These are the photos of babies that they kill at, that, at this center in Washington, D.C. Look at these children. Uh, most of these are third trimester. We have one or two that are second trimester. But listen, as disturbing as these are to you because they look so much like us, here's, here's what I need you to remember. It is just as wrong to kill a baby in the third trimester as it is to kill them in the first trimester because there isn't a fetus fairy that sprinkles magical personhood-conferring fairy dust that somehow confers them personhood at some developmental marker. It was always a human being from the moment of conception. There's no such thing as a potential human being. There are only actual human beings with great potential who are unfolding their potential as they continue to develop. So I think it's very important for you to see these babies. So I want to give you some thoughts on over on Roe versus Wade getting overturned. I have been told for my entire life, you have been told for your entire life, if, if you were born after 1973, that Roe versus Wade was settled, that it would never be overturned. And they were wrong. They were wrong. We just overturned Roe versus Wade. 
almost 50 years of killing babies in this country. This means the left and the liberal establishment is not invincible. They're not all powerful. They can be defeated. And if we can take their sacred cow of abortion, of all things, then we can win. And we can protect every unborn child and pass a constitutional amendment protecting the right to life of every baby. We need only act. Just act. Begin exercising your moral muscles by speaking, by registering to vote if you haven't, for goodness sake, by getting your church to register people to vote, by preaching righteousness and life from the pulpit, by addressing the moral issues of the day, by talking about it with your friends, family members, and coworkers, by going through curriculum and books in your small groups to encourage one another, to gird up your loins, to have an answer for those who ask you for the hope that you have. As First Peter says, and therefore why the gospel and the hope that you have informs how you view other moral issues that have been politicized by the secular progressive culture. Just act, vote in accordance with your faith, and leave churches with woke, false teachers and wolves in sheep's clothing that masquerade as angels of light in order to deceive the sheep. We need only act. They're not invincible. It was all a charade. They can be defeated. It's the appearance of strength, but they're not strong. They're some of the weak people that there are. Because they kill the weakest among us. I want, I want to briefly address the never-Trumper pastors, by the way. <laughs> Isn't this the ultimate takedown of every middle wayism, every I'm neither left nor right Christian, every I'm not political. I'm the uh, Christianity is apolitical. Christianity transcends politics, so we shouldn't touch on it. All the Christian leaders who encouraged their people to abandon this affair called politics. Everyone who provided spiritual license and cover for his flock to vote for the very people lynching babies in the womb. The people who told us God doesn't care about your vote. Like Tim Keller, who said, quote, when it comes to voting, taking political positions and determining alliances, the Christian has liberty of conscience. Uh, and so you cannot tell others how they can or cannot vote. That God doesn't care about your vote. You have freedom, liberty of conscience to vote for the very people lynching your neighbors in the womb. This is the ultimate takedown of every never-Trumper Christian leader and pastor who said, he's so mean, I don't like how he talks on Twitter. Well, apparently, apparently, I know this is hard for you to hear, God used mean tweets over winsomeness to overturn Roe versus Wade. Let me say that again. God used mean tweets over winsomeness to overturn Roe versus Wade. We need civility back in the White House. That's why I voted for Biden. He's just nicer. The appearance of peace. These are people who say peace, peace, where there is no peace. Jeremiah the prophet in Jeremiah 6 says, this is what the Lord Almighty says. Ready? In Jeremiah 6, 14 through 15. They dress the wound of my people as though it were not serious. Peace, peace, they say, when there is no peace. Are they ashamed of their detestable conduct? No, they have no shame at all. They do not even know how to blush. So they will fall among the fallen. They will be brought down when I punish them, says the Lord. Oh, man. I don't ever want to be told that, right? <laughs> let, let us never forget the height from which we have fallen, brothers and sisters. I never want to hear those words said about me. Peace, peace, when there is no peace. They dress the wound of my people as if it were not serious. But it is serious. Anyone who encouraged spiritual license to vote for Democrats or Christian liberty to not vote at all because God just doesn't care were the people saying peace, peace when there is no peace. Dressing the wound of this country and of our faith by allowing the child sacrifice of abortion as if it were not serious. 
Friends, I can assure you that a vote which could help end the genocide of baby image bearers is a vote that God actually cares deeply about. God could end abortion if he wants, but he hasn't. Why does he allow it? Is he not powerful enough to stop it? Or does he use his people as tools to accomplish his purposes on this world? My friend Sean Foyt shared this today, brutal, beautiful truth. He said, I hope one day abortion becomes as unpopular as racism so celebrity pastors can find the guts to speak on it. Absolutely beautiful. Dietrich Bonhoeffer, one of the most brave men to have lived and stood against the Holocaust of Jews, put this perfectly. And this is what I think we should say to the never Trumpers, the I'm not political, the God doesn't care about your vote, so I'll allow the genocide of babies because I don't want to harm my Christian witness or lose the tithing of my Democrats who attend my church, is this. Here's what Bonhoeffer said. If I sit next to a madman as he drives a car into a group of innocent bystanders, I cannot, as a Christian, simply wait for the catastrophe to happen, then comfort the wounded and bury the dead. I must try to wrestle the steering wheel out of the hands of the driver. (laughs) Oh, right? Every apolitical, I'm neither left nor right, I'm not political Christian, you can vote for whoever you want, God doesn't care about your vote Christian leader— They just sit next to the madman as he drives the car over the bodies of millions of babies in this country and lop off the genitalia of born children who think they're the other gender, and then they help pick up the human heartache that they helped create through their apathy, and then they pretend to be compassionate and loving. That's what's really going on. We must wrestle the, the reins of political power out of the hands of degenerate genocidal maniacs and assert our power for righteousness. Bonhoeffer once said that political, um, that political power means taking on responsibility. This cannot happen without power. Power is to serve responsibility. We try to get political power simply to wield it effectively to love our neighbor. And the best way to love your unborn neighbor is to make it illegal to kill them. Um, Here's just a a couple lines from the SCOTUS opinion, okay? They said, we hold that Roe and Casey must be overruled. The Constitution makes no reference to abortion, and no such right is implicitly protected by any constitutional provision, including the one on which the defenders of Roe and Casey now chiefly rely, the Due Process Clause of the 14th Amendment. That provision has been held to guarantee some rights that are not mentioned in the Constitution, but any such right must be deeply rooted in this nation's history and tradition and implicit in the concept of ordered liberty, quoting Washington versus Glucksburg from 1997. They say the right to abortion does not fall within this category. Until the latter part of the 20th century, such a right was entirely unknown in American law. Indeed, when the 14th Amendment was adopted, three quarters of the states made abortion a crime at all stages of pregnancy. The abortion right is also critically different from any other right that this court has held to fall within the 14th Amendment's protection of liberty. Rose defenders characterize the abortion right as similar to the rights recognized in past decisions involving matters such as intimate sexual relations, contraception, and marriage. But abortion is fundamentally different, as both Roe and Casey acknowledged, because it destroys what those decisions called fetal life and what the law now before us describes as an unborn human being. 
beautifully said, I'm so happy that the Supreme Court didn't somewhat strike it down, but also somewhat keep it in place. They fully overturned Roe versus Wade. And states today are already banning abortions in their states where they have the political representation and power to do so. And let's finish the show with this. I want to fully discredit the absolute hypocrisy of the left who said that when something was founded in systemic racism, that there was no redeeming that institution or movement. Wasn't that the entire creed of Black Lives Matter and the people who claimed that America was systemically racist? What's the idea behind systemic oppression or systemic evil or systemic racism? That it's systemic. It's systematic. It's everywhere. That it's so bad that there's no fixing it or merely turning the ship around. So therefore, the only solution is to completely tear down, burn down that institution to remake it from the ashes, to rebuild it on the correct principles because it's unredeemable. That's the, that was the whole pitch behind the systemic racism crowd. Very well. Margaret Sanger, the founder of Planned Parenthood, once said that she wanted, the, the, quote, the gradual suppression, elimination, and eventual extinction of defective stalks, those human weeds which threaten the blossoming of the finest flowers of American civilization. And yes, she was referring to black people and the mentally and physically unfit. So the left has been screaming for years about systemic discrimination and racism, that if any institution or movement was founded with racist or bigoted motivations, there is no possibility of redemption. The whole thing must be burnt down and remade. Very well. Then why isn't the left rejoicing today? Right? The abortion rights movement was founded by a racist eugenicist who spoke at a KKK rally who had eugenicists and racists on her board of directors. So there's no redeeming her or the movement, right? According to leftist theories, overturning Roe v. Wade is the right and righteous action. (laughs) Are you awake now? Are you awake? The left or the secular progressive moral revolution doesn't give two bleeps about the particular victim classes that they say they're advocates for. All they care about is power, self-fulfillment, self-realization, and orgasms without responsibility. And if they can justify and even get Americans to celebrate the slaughter of 65 million little human beings whose only crime was existing, then there is no end to their political project. And maybe that's always been the point, folks, to entirely upend society so they can recreate it in their own image. If the right to life can be taken from some people, then there is no other right they cannot also take. They never cared about victim classes. They never cared about systemic racism or oppression. They were convenient victim classes that were used to position themselves as a compassionate savior to accrue more political power and never give it back. Or to quote Dr. Mildred Jefferson, the woman who made Reagan pro-life, today it is the unborn child, tomorrow it is likely to be the elderly or those who are incurably ill. Who knows but that a little later, it may be anyone who has political and moral views that do not fit into the new distorted order. Today is a turning point of a new birth of freedom in this country by reclaiming that freedom. 
first and most important of all rights, the right from which every other right flows, so that one day you can tell your children and your children's children what you did in 2022 when the high places of child sacrifice began to be torn down. And make no mistake, we will be judged by our posterity for what we did or did not do on this issue. And in this year, in the most politically propitious, significant moment to take back life in the country, find your place on the wall. What are you going to do? But in the meantime, let's celebrate and let's rejoice for this monumental, righteous day that will lead to many more babies being alive who will one day stare you in the eye and say, what did you do when my life was hanging in the balance? What did you do when it was legal to kill me? Make no mistake, we are going to give them an account. Thank you guys for joining into the show today. Head on over to iTunes, Spotify, YouTube. Give the show a rating and review. Let us know what you think. And you can follow me on social media, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter. And if you want to book me for an event or see my speaking schedule, go to sethgruber.com. Until next week, I'm Seth Gruber, and this is Unaborted. Unaborted.